Well, Auckland University is running a series called Raising the Bar, where they pull out a selection of their most interesting academics to give free public talks in bars across the city. All sorts of interesting topics, and one of them, Are We Alone? A perennial question that drives the search for extraterrestrial life in the solar system. Professor Kathy Campbell is a former NASA researcher and University of Auckland astrobiologist, and she joins us now to tell us about her talk. Hi there, Kathy. Hello there. Now, this will be an interesting format for a lecture. Have you done Raising the Bar before? I have not. I have done Cafe Scientifique, which was really a blast. <laughs> what was that one? Sorry? Cafe Scientifique was also really great. Okay. Well. Same sort of idea, but uh, coffee instead of beer, huh? Yeah, that's right. And what is the purpose of an outreach like this? Why not just keep your lectures to the lecture theatre? Well, you know, <clears throat> the university, I think, is, is wanting to bring out some of the more dynamic topics right out into the public because, you know, not everybody's got a time uh, to come in to take university lectures and they might want to know more. We kind of believe in this idea of lifelong learning. So why not go out to where people are going to be hanging out and enjoying themselves and and hear about some really interesting things going on? Yeah, I love it. Have you talked to anyone who's done it before? I know it's not the first year they've done it. I wonder if you're feeling a bit nervous going out into that sort of environment. I I will talk with anyone in any (laughs) size grouping about our research. So I'm pretty relaxed about it. But yes, one of my colleagues um, done this and brought props. So may bring some rocks. Martian analog rocks that come right from Rotorua. I might bring some down cool. uh, because we're not allowed any slides or anything like that. Really? Speaking. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How long does your lecture go for? I think they said forty minutes, and then questions and chatting. And um, I know that um, some of them have sold out already. They're free, but you know they have a certain amount of, of sort of seating. So we're looking forward to meeting whoever comes out to hear us talking about our different topics. Yeah. And so to your topic, are we alone? It's such a good one. And and what do we need to start thinking about to answer that question? I guess I guess the definition of alone, for starters, what are you actually asking here? Yeah, good question. You know, if you even step back, so, so there are lots of different people from all different walks of life and disciplines and not just at universities really wondering. People have been wondering, are we the only planet out there? And, of course, now we know there are lots of these exoplanets or extrasolar planets. And if there are, and we have a pretty good idea now of how many and its loads. And so if there are, then could life have evolved on other planets, um, either in our own solar system or out way beyond? And it's a huge scientific question. It's not just about UFOs. Although they're getting, I don't know if you've been keeping track of Mm. it, but We're looking for life that starts either from the microbes, you know, the very beginning of life, all the way out to intelligent life. And this question of UFOs, which are now called UAPs, which I think means unidentified aerial phenomenon, are finally coming out of the realm of science fiction and woo-woo to actual real science. And um, people are now finally taking a, a real interest in these things, most of which, of course, as you know, are, are, are explainable, but a very small number are not. And so um, this question of what we're looking for, it sort of depends on where you're looking. But mm. in our own solar system, we see no signs of intelligent life. So what the focus so far, so what the focus is on are, you know, the very origins, which would be little microbes. Are they preserved, uh, particularly on Mars or even out further out in the solar system? 
And so we don't want to waste money and time. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. So there's a whole bunch of work that my group is doing and other groups looking at environments on Earth that are extreme, that are really uh, like the conditions that would have been going on on Earth, you know, billions of years ago. And so we work in Rotorua hot springs and we work in undersea uh, hot water vents or cold water vents, all kinds of different environments where we have analogs for similar environments for what we think we might find mm. on under the ice on the moons of Saturn and Jupiter, way out there in the solar system, or even just on Mars back when it had volcanoes and water flowing. And so we look for the fossil versions, for example, on Mars. So we've got students doing all kinds of projects, um, from trying to grow these things in the lab to going out and studying how life lives at the extreme of what we know. Yeah, and I introduced you as an astrobiologist, but is it, is it fair to say that your skills as a geologist may be just as useful? Yes, indeed. In fact, the only way this really works well is if you partner with people from different disciplines. And so you can work with, I mean, some of my colleagues are astrophysicists and they're looking at exoplanets and trying to, with the new telescopes, you know, be able to measure the atmospheres of those exoplanets, look for oxygen or look for methane, all these things that life can pump out. And so we work thinking about, you know, what will we see in the rock record? And then we work with the microbiologists and we work with the philosophers. The philosophers are asking the question, well, actually, what is life? Because you think it's a simple thing. We all know what it looks like when we see it. But the truth is, when you start digging down, it's quite a bit more complex to figure out how do you define life. And there are something like 100 definitions of what life is. And so if we're going to go out and look for it out in beyond Earth, and we don't even have an agreed-upon definition of it, then do we really know what we're looking for? There are loads of questions to ask, and they cross all the disciplines. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's so exciting, about I think, about astrobiology. Just on UFOs or UAPs, um, <laughs> yeah. whenever we get a credible sighting or a credible person from a whistleblower or whatever from within government, we seem to run up against this problem, which is that because they must have come from light years away, there is no real way that they could have made it to Earth. Is that a problem that we can solve with logic? That, well, there are a couple of things going on. I mean, there are people at Auckland University who are actually studying whether or not there are even parallel universes. And, and from a scientific point of view, how would you even know since you're sitting in one universe? Huh. So there's that question. And then there's the question of, uh, are there intelligent aliens out there, and can they reach us? Clearly, they would have to be using technology that we don't have, that we are nowhere near having, because of the great distances. There is, I mean, we're, we're barely in interstellar space, which is outside of the influence of the sun, and that took 35 years for Voyager 1 to get out of the influence of our solar system. Uh, and so you can imagine that we're not in a position at the moment to be able to ourselves go very far. Now, there are people who are spending money that comes from donations from wealthy people interested in astrophysics and life elsewhere, and that money and the breakthrough initiatives, uh, they want to send a little nanocraft, a nano spaceship to our next nearest solar system, which has exoplanets, maybe take some photos, and they're trying to figure out how to get, it, get these things there as fast as possible. So we've got these sort of rudimentary aspects to this. And at the same time, we're trying to address the question of whether 
uh, we, not me, but we in general are trying to address this question of whether they're, what are these things that people have seen? You know, these are fighter pilots who have seen things that can't be explained and they're not, they're not conspiracy theorists. They're people who actually work for a living for, you know, as pilots. So I think I'm, I was very skeptical of UFOs. And then once they began to take them seriously and have reports on them and, and starting to study these phenomena, I am open-minded myself about what might be out there. There is the other slightly uh, strange thing that most of the sightings seem to come from English-speaking countries. <laughs> well, maybe other things have been seen. I don't know <laughs> what, that's, what that might mean. Yeah. Um, there may be other things that have gone on elsewhere that haven't been reported. Yes, true, true. Known, but not, but not necessarily um, known to the public. I don't know. I mean, that's outside of my area for sure. No, that's fine. Basically, I'm looking for fossils, fossils, you know, on Mars. But, um, you know, the other question that might be worth just addressing briefly is, you know, why should we bother doing any of this? It costs money. We've got all kinds of problems to solve. And I kind of wanted to mention that having this planetary perspective, understanding the Earth and how it changes throughout its history, how did life evolve, how, how alone are we? Um, how, how rare are we? Is this a mediocre Earth and there's lots of them out there, or is there only really one? I think if all humans had that perspective or if all humans could go into space and see, see the Earth from space, then I think we would be not only able to really grasp the need for us to solve our big problems from a global point of view, and I mean like climate change, but also just appreciate that our, our resources are finite. And I, I do believe that if, um, and then we're explorers naturally, human, humans are. So I feel like it's a natural thing to want to explore the next horizon. Right. And also not just to exploit, say, an asteroid for resources, but to really appreciate where we live and get some sort of perspective on our existence. And I do think that's really important. Good stuff. Thanks, Kathy. Great to talk to certainly you. Certainly, my, my students certainly love the idea. So we, we are very excited to be sharing this with the public. Nice one, Professor Kathy Campbell. Are there still tickets left to your talk? There are a few, I've heard. Okay. Wynyard Pavilion in the CBD, Tuesday, August 29 at 8 p.m., part of Auckland University's Raising the Bar series. That's Professor Kathy Campbell.